Welcome to the world of unsexy. From scrap metal to timber, estate planning to freight pooling, this show is a meandering exploration of just how sexy unsexy industries can be. I'm your host, Elaine Zelby, investor at SignalFire and eternally curious human being. In this podcast, we'll peel back the layers of niche and esoteric markets, understanding the history and looking at the future through the eyes of the pioneering entrepreneurs willing to bring technology and exponential improvements to these often overlooked spaces. Join me on a fascinating journey into the unsexy. Hi, everyone. My guest today is Brian Nolan, co-founder and CEO of Book Outdoors, a company whose mission is to reimagine and transform how people travel outdoors. It's great to meet you, Brian. Nice to meet you too. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm really excited to chat because this is something that has been on my mind for years. I'm a huge camper, really big outdoors person. And I wrote a little over a year ago in my newsletter about a, a similar idea. I called it travel agents for camping because I had had so much trouble trying to book campgrounds or just trying to like plan backpacking trips with friends and things like that. So I'm excited to hear more, but I kind of wanted to hear a little bit about your experience in the outdoors. Is this something you grew up with? What, what was your first camping experience like? Oh, good question. Um, yeah, so I grew up in Southern California and I live in Colorado now. Um, so spent a lot of time outdoors. We had a lot of good weather, um, whether it was camping or just hiking and, you know, going to lakes or the ocean, um, spent quite a bit of time um, doing that, especially in the summers growing up with friends. Uh, There's a lot of beach camping going on. Uh, we have mountains nearby in Los Angeles. So going up to Big Bear or Lake Arrowhead to go camping up there as well. Um so, uh, you know, I didn't do a lot of RVing back then. It was more tent sites and things like that. Um, but, but yeah, definitely grew up uh, in the outdoors and, and really still now like to get outdoors. I think it's a nice remedy to our connected lives that we have. I had like the exact opposite experience. I grew up in the Midwest. I was born in Oklahoma and grew up in Chicago and my family is not very outdoorsy. And the first time I ever slept in a tent was on a 30 day trip. I went on a a Knowles trip and was like, I think I'm going to like this. And uh, it was a great experience. And after that, it was, I was hooked forever. Um, But it's a, you know, it's a, it's a magical experience when people can kind of have that for the first time. Absolutely. Yeah. I I actually, we posted on our social about a story that I had. One of the first times I went camping as an adult, I had a puppy with me and I brought, it was a tent and um, I put an air mattress down and my puppy was about a year old, a shepherd. So pretty big size was freaking out about everything that flew by every shadow she saw on the tent and was bouncing around this uh, air mattress the entire night. And I did not get much sleep that night. So you learn lessons along the way about what to do and not to do, how to handle things like that. Oh, I bet. Uh, I have a uh, eight month old baby and I keep thinking, how do I go camping with a baby? I'm going to figure it out at some point. I know friends that do sounds even more challenging. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Well, um, we'd love to hear a little bit more about your background in history. It clearly was not in this industry until recently. So how did you, you know, how did you kind of evolve through a bunch of different companies and then come to this idea of book outdoors? Sure. So my background is in mostly in e-commerce. So I've spent about 20 years in the e-commerce industry since sort of the beginning. Um, originally as a software developer, building e-commerce websites, and then eventually as a head of product Um and I, uh, I started a company prior to this called Cellbrite, which was 
a B2B SaaS business that helped small and mid-sized brands and retailers that were selling online, help them expand and sell their products on all the e-commerce marketplaces. So it was, it was what we call channel management or inventory management, where we made it really easy to uh, list and sell their products on all these different distribution channels where there was you know large audiences like Amazon and eBay and so forth. Um, I ended up selling that business to GoDaddy. Um, they acquired us um, in 2019. And so my background is in e-commerce, but also specifically with e-commerce marketplaces. And I got to know how the marketplaces work, the best way to build a marketplace, how the interaction with inventory management systems in these marketplaces work. Um, so all of that knowledge and background translates really well into what we're doing now because Book Outdoors is a marketplace um, uh, for uh, outdoor travel and outdoor hospitality. And the way this came about is um, I have, was just sort of wrapping up my uh, couple of years of working at GoDaddy after the acquisition. And um, a friend of mine who, is, uh, who was the co-founder of Magento, another big e-commerce platform, uh, who is now an investor, um, came to me and said, hey, I'm talking to this guy in the outdoor hospitality space, uh, he, who's one of our co-founders now, and he owns and operates RV parks in the Southeast. And he's always wanted a way to distribute inventory on other channels, just like the hotels can do for with Expedia and booking.com. He wants to be able to do this for his campgrounds. And there hasn't been a way for him to do this. So he kind of started tinkering on the idea himself and went so far as to build uh, uh, a, a, you know, a platform to, to validate the idea, essentially. Um, but he's not a software guy and he's not a tech guy. And, and so we're trying to build a team around this. So that's how we all kind of came together. So it wasn't my idea to start it, but I loved the idea being an outdoors person myself and a tech person and a marketplace person. Uh, and thought I could add a lot of value. So I joined, um, we, we kind of came all together and, and put the team together and the company together in the summer of last year, summer 2021. Uh, of course, you know, in the last few years, outdoor travel has been booming because of the pandemic and people need a place to go. But it's showing, the data is showing that people, especially a lot of first time campers really loved it and, and see themselves doing this going forward. And RV sales are through the roof. So, you know, those, those people are going to continue doing this. Um, so it was a huge opportunity to help people in this space where it's really challenging right now to find and book a campground because it's completely fragmented. So you have to either go to specific sites that have only a little bit of the inventory or to do a Google search and go to each campground to their own website. And sometimes you have to call or email to see what's available. There is no, there is no uh, comprehensive site or marketplace that has all the inventory and makes it really easy to find and book a campground and to plan your whole trip. Uh, much in the same way we're used to for, you know, using Expedia or booking.com to find a hotel or even going to Amazon and finding, you know, any product under the sun there. Um, that doesn't exist in this space. And so we're solving that problem by bringing all the supply together, uh, bringing all these campgrounds together. And going back to what you said earlier about your idea with the, with the concierge, we're building technology to help us with that because actually going and grabbing each campground and getting them all to sign up is a long process. And we'll get there. We'll get them all to, to kind of join us. But in the meantime, we're also building technology to help uh, users 
do that and book and find their campground on their behalf and figure out where to go and you know what what type of campsite meets their requirements um, and do a lot of that handholding and sort of white glove treatment for them. Um, and then bringing in a lot of the features and benefits that we have learned from the e-commerce space. So bringing things like loyalty program and trip insurance, travel insurance and weather protection, uh, um, uh, just name a few. Um, and we're not charging a booking fees or memberships, um, which you see a lot of times in some of these other sites as well. Um, so it should be, we're, we're launching in a month. It should be a really good experience. We're hoping that everybody loves it, of course. Um, but really elevating that that user experience, which then helps the campgrounds grow as well. So interesting how much your experience in e-commerce and marketplaces actually translates to this. I wasn't thinking about that, but as you were talking, I'm like, oh, it is so similar. Um, curious on, in terms of inventory, so obviously we've seen the demand boom for outdoor travel. Is there also a similar boom in terms of inventory or is it more about just getting the inventory that exists today and aggregating it in one place? Yeah, it's a little bit of both, actually. Um, we're definitely seeing, you know, growth on the different types of accommodations as well. A lot of growth in the glamping area, which a lot of people don't like that term, but, you know, the, the more luxury campgrounds, um, which is great for new people that are new to camping. This is, you know, you, you kind of get a lot of the amenities of a hotel and the feel. It's not as extreme as going to an RV site or even going to a, a tent site. So it's a good kind of crossover a way for people to get into this. Um, and, and definitely just seeing growth in um, just, you know, in, in regular general campgrounds as well. Um, uh, so yeah, it, it is continuing to grow and the, the RV manufacturers and the industry that, you know, that are creating the RVs obviously want to work hand in hand with the campground industry to make sure that there's enough places to go when people buy RVs. And so it's kind of, you know, uh, fueling the entire industry to grow um, by these organizations working together. Interesting. I would imagine there's a combination of more public and private, meaning there's a bunch that's owned and run by governments. So it's the state of California, the national parks, the forest lands, that kind of thing. And then you have the privately owned areas that might be the RV parks and things like that. What are some of the different challenges on both of those sides? Yeah, that's a good point. You got the national parks, the state parks, and even down to some municipal parks. Um, and those are the, those are the ones that tend that people tend to think about when they go when they think about camping, right? Going to Yosemite or something like that. Um, but what people don't realize is there are fourteen thousand or so private um, campgrounds all around the country. Some of them right on the borders of some of these big national parks, where if you can't get a a reservation on some of these high demand areas like Yellowstone or Yosemite. There's private parks that are just outside of the park, outside of the national park that um, would be great alternatives to go to. And so that's what that's part of the education, I guess, that we're hoping to bring to this and show people that there's other options. Um, some of the challenges, obviously, um, you know, with, with any of the government parks, you're dealing with the government. So mm -hmm. uh, there's long-term contracts in place. They tend to move a little bit slower and they actually have different um, incentives. So uh, whereas a private park is, they're all for profit, they're owned by somebody or a company that's looking to make a profit on these parks. The government parks really just, they're incentivized by getting people outdoors. They want people to get outdoors and be healthy. They're incentivized by, um, 
uh, conservation and having people help and conserve the land. And so you're, it's, it's, those are some of the challenges too. They just have different end goals in mind. And so you need to cater to um, some of these different end goals. Um, but it is a little bit challenging to get all of that together on one site, but we're working on it. I'm familiar with sites like Reserve America or recreation.gov. So how do those play in the ecosystem and how are you different from those? Yeah, so Reserve America is one of the one of two, I think, uh, sites that have the contracts with the state parks. So they have 30 something of the state parks. And that's right now the only place you could go to book those parks. And recreation.gov is this is similar for the national parks. Um, there is a movement um, to try to open up those, open up the data there and um, allow for uh, other properties and other sites to be able to book those or create the bookings. Um, and so it's, again, a slow process with the government, but we're, we're, we have good relationships with uh, the leadership of both of those companies and, um, you know, working with them to figure out how to create the best experience for the user and uh, where we're still, you know, meeting the obligations of any contracts are in place, but um, it's all about trying to create the best user experience as possible and to get people outdoors and to make it easy, easy, easy and accessible as possible for everyone. Do these sites tend to operate more like a restaurant where a lot of times a restaurant might take reservations, but they leave 20% of the tables open for walk-ins, or they might have some inventory on a site like open table, but they don't put all that. Do they operate more like that? Or are they trying to fill capacity with reservations ahead of time and as far ahead of time as possible? There's, there's different strategies there. So uh, depending on where the campground is, how popular it is, what time of season it is, different strategies come into play. Um, it's never really, honestly, it's never good to be at 100% capacity. Um, that probably means you're not charging enough for your campgrounds. Um, so there's, there's a whole uh, revenue management um, strategy that goes into this, just like in hotels, right? Where they're trying to optimize for what's the, what's the optimal amount of occupancy along with our daily rates uh, and how do, you, how do you best maximize that? Um, you know, the thing with accommodations is unlike physical products, which is different for me, right? Coming from physical product world, accommodations, if I don't sell a campsite tonight, uh, that night goes away <laughs> and I, you know, I, I it's There's like, no lost revenue it's, associated. Additionally, yeah. It's ex right? expiring inventory essentially. Um, so, uh, you know, so if you haven't booked a campground and, you know, by, and by today, then do you book it at any price or do you still, you know, would you rather have it empty kind of thing? So there's a lot of revenue management that goes on there. Part of what we're talking about and working towards for tools for campground operators is to be able to use aggregate data to do uh, dynamic pricing, um, much like you see on e-commerce sites, like you see on Amazon, where when inventory from competitors is low, then you have an you know, opportunity to raise your prices a little bit and, and optimize there. So that's something that's a little bit down the line for us. Um, but and then some of the, you know, like I said, some of the strategy is um, depending on time of year to use a distribution channel like Book Outdoors for excess inventory. How do we just, you know, we get, we don't expect 100% of reservations to come through us, just like it doesn't in 
you know, in the, in the hotel world, uh, in the hotel world, about 40% of reservations go through the Expedia's and booking.com's of the world. Uh, and so it's a healthy mix and we see the same thing, you know, playing out in this space as well. When you look at the other side, not the booking piece, but the experience piece overall, would love to hear your vision for where this can go and what that experience looks like. I mean, I personally end up planning a lot of trips and there's so much that goes into planning, especially if it's far away, if you're driving somewhere you've never been before, figuring out where do we go hiking? What are the activities available? How do I get wood? Where's the closest grocery store? Where's a gas station? What is your vision for that experience for the the outdoors people? Yeah, so we're starting with accommodations, but our bigger vision is looking at the entire customer journey for outdoor travel, starting from the planning, which is oftentimes the hardest and most stressful part. How do you figure out, like you said, how do you figure out where to go and what are, you know, what are the locations that have the the activities that you like doing? So our ideal vision would be you tell us where you're starting from and where you kind of want to go and what you're interested in, what your activities are, and we will help you plan the entire plan and book the entire trip all together, multiple stops, and maybe even plan the activities and book the activities if they require booking like a whitewater rafting trip or something like that all together. And then even on-site experience. So what does it mean when you're actually on the campground? How can we help elevate that experience even? Uh, And then post-trip with loyalty and adding incentives and and discounts and um, and rewards and things like that for using our software and using our service um, that extends beyond that. Uh, so we're we're kind of looking at the entire journey here, starting with the accommodations because we feel like that's the area probably of most need at the moment. Um, but then expanding from there. It's really interesting to think about the idea of rewards and loyalty because there are a lot of even if you're not going through a chain. I'm using that term very, very loosely. I would imagine people would want to create some kind of reciprocal benefits with other similar type locations. So if I'm an RV park in a place that has great whitewater rafting, I know that I'm targeting the same clientele in state, you know, Idaho versus Colorado. And so creating that web and using data to do that to me, is just something that's never existed before, but makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And it does exist in other industries for sure. I mean, this, you know, people have figured this out. Um, uh, And one thing I'm learning about, you know, coming from e-commerce where there's sort of a generally accepted way of doing things and and envision this industry is still very mom and pop based. There's a lot of generational campgrounds that are accustomed to change and are sort of just now adapting to some of the ways of, you know, other industries of doing things. Um, so that's all sort of changing right now, but we're bringing in, like I said, you know, bringing in our, some of these, these, um, these features, the rewards and loyalty program is a big one where you're right. It could, you know, extend beyond just our own platform into, um, partners that we have and, uh, whether that's a a campsite or a campground itself, or even some of the other companies that are providing services along the way, there's a lot we can do there. And we're excited about that. Well, even providing best practices for some of these mom and pop locations, right? You can see, oh, these campsites over here are performing extremely well. And here's what they're doing and giving them that data. I'm sure, you know, even small amounts would be very, very beneficial. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, we'll have that aggregate data. And one thing we're trying to do, we're not trying to do, we are doing is we are going to be brand and uh, 
brand agnostic. And um, in the industry, there's property management systems that most of these campgrounds use to manage their reservations and, and inventory. Um, we are agnostic to all those as well. So we want to partner with all those and complement their existing business, not compete with it. Because some of these property management systems do have their own site where they take reservations and kind of aggregate their own customers into one of the, you know, and into like a smaller marketplace. Um, but that just that just leads to more silos and more fragmentation in this in the market. Um, so our goal is to work with all of them, and uh, like I said, complement and really help them grow, as well as their customers who are the campgrounds help them grow. And and this is you know what we what I my last company did in the e-commerce space, right? We worked with all the marketplaces. It helped us to grow. It helped our customers grow. It helped the marketplace grow. It's a win-win-win for everybody, and we see that playing out in this space as well. When you think about any marketplace, you obviously have the supply and the demand. With this marketplace in particular, which do you think is going to be more challenging to add onto the marketplace? Oh, good question. I think that I think there's a there's a uh, a big desire for this on the demand side. So on the consumer side, there's a eager, engaged consumer base that really want. You know, you let off talking about how you you uh, how challenging it is. There's a lot of people out there that I think will want to use this. It's just a matter of um, creating awareness and getting in front of them and, and you know getting them to come over. The supply side is a little bit harder because it does it moves slower. Um, we have to show them why they should invest the resources into working with us because there is some effort involved, right, in getting live on our side and and uh, integrating their property management system and so forth. So we want to try to make that as easy as possible, but also show them why it makes sense for them to invest that time and energy with us. So that's just a little bit slower side of things. But like I mentioned, we are building technology that is going to allow us to grow the supply at our own pace and bring on, formally bring on campgrounds as they're ready to, but we'll still be able to create the bookings uh, for those campgrounds regardless. Makes sense. Is there um, a pretty ubiquitous property management system that a lot of these campgrounds use, or is it long tail? No, that's the thing about this industry. It's long tail. I think I went. I went to the uh, national conference uh, in November. I think there's probably two dozen property management systems out there um, that all you know. Some are focused on smaller businesses. Some are enterprise focused. They all kind of have their angle on what they do, even different business models. Um, but like, you know, like many industries, there'll probably be some consolidation over the years that we'll see over the next five years, um, because it's hard for 25 different PMSs to exist in one industry. Um, but yeah, right now it's kind of a long tail. It's a blessing and a curse, right? Because it's a pain in the butt for you to integrate with all them. But once you do, it's super sticky. That's right. That's right. And you've done the grunt work of actually getting them all up and running on your site. So it's hard to reproduce. Exactly. Yep. Awesome. Well, it's been such a pleasure. The one question I always like to ask people, have you ever gotten a piece of advice in your life or your career that's really stuck with you? Kind of words that you live by. Ooh, good question, man. Put me on the spot. Um, well, there's been so many. I, how, how do I narrow down and pick one? I've gotten a lot of advice um, from mentors over the years. Um, I think 
uh, it's more, more, let's see, how do I want to put this? I think to the keys to success as an entrepreneur, uh, the one word I would use is grit. And so, um, you know, that passion and perseverance to keep going. So I don't know if that's necessarily words of advice that I've been told, but definitely watching my mentors and other successful entrepreneurs and learning from them of what it takes to keep going. Um, it is that grit and it is that perseverance and, and you have to be passionate about it and you have to persevere and keep going. And, and oftentimes, you know, it's definitely a roller coaster being an entrepreneur. And oftentimes the, the success is just beyond where most people would give up and stop. And so you just got to keep pushing forward. Um, so for, I guess for any entrepreneurs out there that are, that are listening, um, keep fighting, keep having that perseverance, keep going, even when times are really rough. And it seems like it, it's not going to get better because it does. I love that. And I'm laughing because uh, I, when I first started this podcast, I was debating between one of two different shows, one unsexy, because I love talking to people building in these kind of weird niches. The other one I was going to call should have failed. And the idea was people always talk about the great successes. And if you look to your point about grit, pretty much every company should have failed 16 times. And the people who have that perseverance to kind of pass through it are the ones that end up succeeding. But nobody really talks about those points in time of like when you should have failed. So I, I think that would be a great, great show to listen to too. But I love that. I agree. Great words to live by. I would have well, a bunch of stories for you on that. <laughs> everyone would. That's why to me, I'm like, somebody needs to talk about that, not just the happy, shiny times. That's right. Well, thanks for coming on today, Brian. If people thanks, want to Elaine. learn more about you and Book Outdoors, where should I point them? Uh, so I'm all over social media. My handle is always Brian with an I, Brian C. Nolan. So on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, it's all the same. Uh, and then bookoutdoors.com. You can sign up now for a wait list. Um, we have weekly giveaways that are going on right now um, and some other great perks in there until we get launched, uh, but we'll be launching in May. So come back and see us then. I will absolutely do so. Trust me. I will be customer number. We'll call it one or in the first hundred for sure. Perfect. <laughs> great. Well, thanks so much, Brian. Thanks, Elaine. It was great.